0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We should consider for a moment our mother. Her motherhood began with that greatest act of love. And months later, that would all come to fruition with great commotion. But let's consider her pregnant, as it were, for a moment. And what she was pondering, because we know that um, she remembers everything, experiences everything, ponders over everything. When she, our mother, gave birth to Jesus, it was without pain. And when she gave birth to the church again, it was without pain. The sting of pain perhaps was greatest when her motherhood for all of us, for the church, for the apostles, began at the foot of the cross, at the words of her son. St. Luke describes her. She's the only named woman of all the 120 believers gathered in Jerusalem after the ascension. Immediately after the ascension, as St. Luke tells us here in today's gospel, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Were continually in the temple praising God. St. Luke continues to tell us in Acts of the Apostles, they prayed as a church. St. Peter began to, to govern and to organize them. They prayed for guidance to choose a replacement for Judas. And of the about 120 believers were the apostles mentioned by name, many women, relatives of Jesus, and specifically Mary, our mother. Consider how she was praying with the apostles In these days between Ascension and Pentecost, they were all joyful. There may have been some trembling with excitement, perhaps, but not even fear is described on the day of Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next Sunday. But we might all too easily consider that Mary's prayer in this novena was somehow without anticipation. Remember, she had already been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She is the mother of Christ because of the visitation of the Holy Spirit. We even describe her as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So for her, this would be seemingly nothing new. And yet now she has a new motherhood ordained by Christ and it will be brought to fruition by the Holy Spirit again to whom will she give birth the church the church in a sense already exists with the blood and water flowing from the side of Christ on the cross from which come the power of the sacraments but it's as though it's it's a nascent church She's a pregnant, like Our Lady of Guadalupe, ready to bring forth the power of God for the salvation of souls. Needless to say, she has much for which to pray. How much did our Lord pray at the Last Supper for the unity of the church? How much did Mary pray, witnessing firsthand how they were beginning to be a church? in those elementary ways that lay the groundwork for being able to be a church of evangelization, a church that preaches, a church that's the instrument of the Holy Spirit to change hearts, a church that baptizes and confirms. we have. There's very little described beyond Peter's speech and the prayer and the casting of lots. But we know at some point maybe not during the nine days, but maybe, but at some point at least later, somebody, one of the apostles, would have offered Mass in the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she would hear this adopted son of hers say, this is my body. And would hold in his hands the body of Jesus who was conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit, whom she bore and loved until he died, whose resurrected body she caressed, and whose ascension into heaven she witnessed. Mary pondered everything. She remembered everything. She connected everything to salvation history. And even without having foreknowledge of everything that is going to happen, her perfect faith and her undimmed intellect would be able to see so much of what God was beginning to accomplish and preparing for the future. This is the woman who is our mother. This is the woman who prays with us. Who anticipates the Holy Spirit coming down on us and making us holy. Beginning the process that gets us ready to be with her in heaven. For a brief period of time, from about the mid-1800s to nineteen sixty the Saturday after Ascension was dedicated as the feast of Mary, Queen of Apostles. Not even in the extraordinary form is that the case anymore. It's not in the traditional Mass. But for that brief century, the church made it official during these days between Ascension and Pentecost, Mary's motherhood of the apostles deserves our attention. In reality, we don't need a designated feast day already to be drawn to that conclusion. And so we know that she is already praying for us as we prepare for Pentecost. She has already suffered everything. She has already triumphed over everything. She knows that our greatest longing is to see the face of the one to whom she gave birth. We, as the body of Christ, her adopted children, long to see the face of her true Son, Jesus Christ. And so we pray, Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this veil of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, Thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of Thy womb, Jesus. O Clement, O Loving, O Sweet Virgin, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. the Promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.